to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goal. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today our guest is Ben Call. And he is a former Division I athlete and football coach at Kansas State University. He became a real estate agent and quickly built one of the top five teams within the entire Remax franchise. And his first real estate investment outside of his personal house was a 250-unit self-storage facility back in 2018. And since then, he's been able to scale his investment business to over $50 million in assets under management within self-storage, multifamily, and triple net leases across the Midwest. So Ben, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thanks so much for having me on the show. Ben, can you share with us a little bit more about your background and how you got started with real estate? Yeah, sure. So you kind of touched that on my bio and what I've been able to accomplish since I got into real estate, both as an agent and also an investor. But prior to becoming an agent investor, I grew up the oldest of three kids in Rochester, Minnesota, and sports was everything to me. I played four sports in high school, and I had the opportunity to play collegiate football as well at Kansas State, which you alluded to. And so my path was sports. That's what got me to college. That's what encouraged me to get good grades. That's what encouraged me to get my degree. And so I ended up getting a degree in kinesiology with a minor in leadership. And I thought my track, if I wasn't going to play professional sports, was something else in the sports world. So after I graduated and got finished playing, I actually got hired on to the coaching staff at Kansas State as the assistant director of recruiting and also the assistant wide receivers coach. And dream come true. So as soon as you get done playing, you start coaching and especially at a very, very high level. And as you kind of go on and go through the years of kind of growing up, It's hard to say college football and when you're sponsored by Nike and wear sweatpants every day is the corporate world, but it is a fairly corporate world at that level. And after I got married, we had a major, major pivot. And in that world, I basically came home about six months after being married and walked in the house at about 1130 at night. And it was the first meal that I was having with my wife after six months of being married. And I realized that chasing one of my biggest dreams was no longer what we had visioned as a newly married couple in a future family. So we basically sat down that night and kind of brainstormed what we wanted to do and what our life looked that looked like for the rest of our lives. And we realized it was no longer the dream that we had kind of painted for us pre-marriage. And so basically quickly, I had a buddy back home in Minnesota that was in real estate as an agent that was doing well and starting to flip houses. We said, great, I'll get my real estate license and that'll be a holdover job until we kind of figure out what's next. And I'm a guy that when I start something, I'm all into it. So basically jumped in head first and became a residential real estate agent. And then quickly, as my wife encouraged me to grow in that career path, she bought me a few different books. And one of the most influential ones that I had read at the beginning of my career was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Start With Why, and Millionaire Next Door. And I basically realized that I did not want to rely on my cell phone to ring to earn a paycheck, essentially rely on others. And so that's what made me kind of have a mindset shift again that I needed to become an investor. And then you kind of touched on my bio. And about four or five years later, here we are. Being a newly married couple, 
and not being able to spend any of your meal times because especially in that first early stages, they call it the honeymoon stage, right? So it sounds like you didn't get to experience all of that because you were so focused in your job. I guess what opened up to allow you to have that first meal after six months? Like, did your schedule had opened up to be able well, to do that? So I guess the thing that I would like to clarify is I did get to see my wife. Our house was not too far from our football facility, and I did get to see her. But we would have, quote, family meals at our facility late night after practice with all the other coaching staff and their families. And so it was just a big change, and it's not something that we wanted. And we knew once we were going to have kids, I wanted to be the dad that was when the stands cheering my kids on and not on a cell phone and not missing something, watching it from FaceTime. So it was just kind of an eye-opening experience that is just kind of when we knew we knew that we needed to make a change. So when you made that life-changing decision to really focus on your relationship, your own personal time, and what you wanted to envision your future life to look like, what were the steps that you took afterwards? I know you called your friend up for to see what he had going on. He was doing well as a real estate agent. But what are some of the other steps that you had to take on before you made that shift from working this life that you had always known to making that big life-changing moment? That's a great question and probably different from most listeners. When myself or my wife and I make a decision, we basically make a decision and move forward to 100 miles an hour and jump in. So basically from that night forward, I knew I needed to get a real estate license. So within 30 days, I was fully educated and licensed in the state of Minnesota. We packed our entire life up in a 12-foot U-Haul and moved back home. So that was really, I knew it. I just needed a real estate license and we'd figure out the rest as we go and learn as quickly as humanly possible. And that's what we did. What do you think helps you make such a quick decision and go full force with confidence about the decisions you're making? Because I know a lot of people have that trouble where you always have the what if and then the fear holding you back from actually taking that move and making that decision to go full force with what you've actually decided? I think that's a fantastic question because it relates to our decision in that moment. And also when we decided to take the leap of faith into investing and why so many other people don't get started and make the decisions is it's because they just think and analyze opposed to maybe getting the courage to get the confidence, knowledge, and education And then making a hard decision to give up your career where you have steady income and benefits is really, really hard. But if you're the type of person that has a work ethic, is willing to ask others questions or find mentors, I have learned that it's pretty easy to pivot and get started if you surround yourself with like-minded people that are there to help you, educate you, and push you towards your goals. And being a collegiate athlete, I was surrounded by high-level athletes my entire life. So I knew how to build my own ecosystem of people, be it in the career or lifestyle that I really wanted. So that was the biggest thing that I did that gave me the encouragement and the confidence to both leave my former career and also pivot into investing. When you made that pivot and did this whole career change into real estate, what was the most difficult part to setting up your own business going forward as a real estate agent? (laughs) everything being completely (laughs) clueless. I just knew that again, wanted to surround myself with the best. So I basically just started looking at some data in my local market, just purely as a real estate agent 
and what office or brokerage in my market had the highest market share and also the highest performing agents within southeastern Minnesota. And I just knew that that's where I was going to basically hang my license and start my career because I could just be in the office and watching others and what are their day look like? How often are they on the phone? Where are they having their client meetings? What are they doing that makes them successful? And I was going to just essentially try to copy them or take bits and pieces from a couple of them and implement it into my day. And real estate's been around a long time, both as you know, agents and sales and investing. It's been around for years and years and years. And you don't need to recreate the wheel. You just need to figure out what has worked for others and implement it into your business. So you worked on your real estate business as an agent for a couple of years before you started personally investing in real estate yourself. What got you into that first 250 self-storage unit deal as an investor when you decided and you made that mindset shift? So partially just being scared being a hundred percent commission based with no benefits and no retirement whatsoever as a newly married couple is scary so as an agent you don't sell a house every single day with a steady paycheck every two weeks so you need to create your own opportunities so one of the things that i could tell that there was a need for is property management and so i this probably seven or eight years ago already i started a property management company where i was managing single family homes, section eight apartment building, strip centers, various different asset types for others. So that was kind of at the time a poor man's passive income, because I knew that if I kept other people's properties full, I would get a paycheck every month, no matter what. So I was building up a real estate sales business and also managing other people's properties. And at the time, I didn't know that I was going to become an investor myself. But one night I'm standing in the parking lot, lifting a snowblower out of the back of my truck in the middle of winter in Minnesota. So you can imagine or put yourself what that feels like. And it was the second time in three days of this huge storm. And I finally lift my snowblower out of my truck. And I just said, man, I can't wait till someday I'm the person hiring the me in the future where I own everything and I can sleep throughout the night and hire somebody else. And that was, again, my wake up moment that said, I need to start investing because I am now managing other people's properties and making them a lot of money because of my knowledge. So again, that was my eye-opening experience when I said, I need to become an investor. And how did you come across self-storage as your first investment? Basically through relationships with lenders. This first one was an interesting one because within about 10 minutes of each other, I got a call from a lender that I worked with for other clients. And then I got a call from a client who I had already managed his multifamily portfolio and both messages was almost identical. It says, I have a unique opportunity, call me ASAP. And it was the same self-storage facility. And so I respected the lender and I respected the client that I'd been managing his properties for years. It sounds pretty crazy, but it kind of goes with how I make decisions. We basically got all of the financials, drive through the property, reviewed everything, and we were under contract within 24 hours. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, 
and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. Before you got that message that there was a unique opportunity available to you, what did you tell people to even have them start reaching out to you and letting know that there are some opportunities out there? So the client who I managed his portfolio for, he knew that I was a very good operator. And his message to me when I called him, he said, Ben, I have an opportunity bigger than I can handle. And I need a little money, but I also need an operating partner to be able to do this because this is the biggest thing that I've ever done as well. Would you like to be my partner? So essentially, I wasn't necessarily looking, but I had proven myself in operations. And then on the lender, he basically called me because he knew I had relationships with clients that were looking for investments. So it wasn't necessarily that I was prospecting for my own investments. It was just essentially I was doing a great job at what I was focused on. And that's what opened the door. And sometimes I know when people get these different opportunities presented to them, they'll think to themselves, oh, I don't have the experience or maybe I'm not ready yet. Um, That fear holds them back. Um, At that point in time, what other fears did you have to overcome to jump or did you have any at that time? Oh, gosh, I was scared out of my mind. Like I said, when we left college coaching, our entire life fit in a 12 foot U-Haul and we cashed out our bank account with just about sixty five hundred dollars. I mean, that's total net worth, sixty five hundred dollars. And two years later, now we're looking at buying a one point five million dollar storage facility it's scary. Everything was scary, but my wife and I are willing to be open-minded to opportunities. We are willing to hop on the phone and ask questions to people who are more experienced or smarter in something than we are so we can learn. And knowing that I had a lender who used to have the loan for the property that I respected and trusted, and knowing that I had a potential business partner and someone that I had a relationship with for a few years and worked really well, that gave me a lot of reassurance that we could move forward in a partnership level because we've already had a relationship for a while. And then regarding the asset class, basically I just started drinking a lot of coffee, asking questions, driving around to every storage facility I could drive to and asking every single person every question I could imagine and also asking them what questions aren't I asking you that I should know. And you'd be pretty shocked when you just are kind of the nonchalant person that is clueless, how open people will become and basically tell you everything because they don't see you as competition. When you started investing or when you decided to join in that opportunity as well, how did you corporate yourself as a partner in that opportunity, especially as first-time investor, where a lot of this is new. And instead of like sitting back in the sidelines and kind of just watching and learning, it sounded like you were very hands-on and wanting to get in and deep dive in and try to add as much value as possible. So how did you bridge the gap between a bystander partner versus like an actual adding value partner to the deal? And that's a really good question. And as my career and business model has progressed over the years, it has gotten a bit more complicated. I think in order for myself to be confident to move forward, I need to keep things very, very simple. And with this particular opportunity, we basically said, how full is it? Do we like the location? Can I have your last three years of taxes? 
And we basically said income minus expenses minus debt equals we're cash flowing above and beyond the targets that we needed. We will move forward and we will figure the rest out. And I think one of the problems with so much content, podcasts, books, online gurus, people get scared and just kind of get in that analysis paralysis because they get taught that things are overly complicated and run away from this risk and that risk. And it's just not that way. As long as you know your own market and what you're looking at is real financial information. And Ben, once you got into that first deal and how did your mindset shift from there into continue growing it? Did you continue investing in the real estate side of things 100% focus? Is that where your your focus shifted to? Or did you continue to build up the real estate agent side of things um, simultaneously? And then was there a diverging point at one point? Yeah. So my my real estate team uh, is still uh, you know built and growing and doing really well. Um, that portion of my business between real estate sales and management has continued to double year over year uh, for about seven years now. Um, and then as the investing side, going from my very first investment in this deal that we've been talking about, our mindset was to buy this property, not take any distributions or cash flow for the first you know three to five years because we didn't know what was going to happen. So we knew that we needed to be kind of that delayed gratification mindset. And quickly, we realized that we were hitting it out of the park. Uh, We basically got it stabilized. And basically, our five-year projection we accomplished in about six months. So that gave us an immense amount of confidence. And within two years, um, myself and that same business partner acquired a few more facilities and now have just shy, literally just shy of a 1,000 storage units in the same business model and the same partnership. And so we've been able to grow it based off kind of keeping your head down and working and staying fo- staying focused. And so, again, we just learned really quickly and weren't afraid to ask questions. And it also sounds like you didn't just focus on self-storage, but you've also done some of the multifamily and also triple net assets as well. How did you get into those other asset classes? It goes back to me having a property management company and already being comfortable with those asset classes. Because as essentially as a hands-on property manager and operator for others, you're the one that's doing the day-to-day. You're the one negotiating leases with corporates of the world like Chipotle and Panera. You're the one filling out the Section 8 government letters for tenant renewals and apartment complexes. And so I knew the asset classes. So as I start to learn how to prospect for investment opportunities, I just said, look, I'm in self-storage, but I know these other two really well. So if anything comes along that may be interesting, let me know. And as the self-storage, just asset class in general became more popular because of books and podcasts talking about it, it became harder to find deals. So I knew that if I wanted to kind of grow and scale my business, I needed to diversify. And so multifamily and triple net were a no-brainer to me because I knew them and I was confident again so I could act quickly if an opportunity came. So over the years now, since 2018, I started another company called the Legacy Investment Group, which we are a private equity firm that invests in these three asset classes. And we are in multiple states across the Midwest in all three asset classes. So Ben, what's next for you? That's a great question. We are always looking to grow. And as of literally right now, I'm sitting outside of a a multifamily property that I'm getting ready to go secret shop that we just put under contract last week. 
So right now we're under contract on a multifamily property and we're looking at a really large self-storage portfolio. So each year we set different benchmarks and goals that we're looking to do. So this year we are looking to close just over $25 million of real estate of those asset classes. And Ben, how has real estate investing impacted your life? You know, thinking back to when I was coaching college football and not having any freedom to do what I want when I want, I still work really hard and I do work quite a few hours. Don't get me wrong, but I have the ability to just put my phone down and go on a walk, go home, let the dog out, travel with my wife, go scuba diving. So it's changed my perspective, the lifestyle that I want to live. And you don't need to be working 80 to 100 hours a week for someone else. I know there's other things that you can invest in, but real estate is something where you can truly achieve financial freedom in a multitude of different ways. If you're the investor doing it yourself or a passive investor wanting to work with someone else, there's a million different ways to skin the cat in this business. And you just need to figure out where you're the most comfortable. So has a uh, six month dinners now, are they on a daily basis now? <laughs> <laughs> they absolutely are. Yeah. And that's something I'm overly grateful for and something that I'm very appreciative because that's the reason you get married and start a family and, you know, you want to live your life. You don't want to be a workaholic that's, you know, stuck. And I couldn't be more thankful for that decision we made back in 2016. What is the one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? That's a really great question. And I knew you were going to ask it. I would just say that, like I just said, there's a million ways to skin the cat. There's lots of squirrels. There's lots of shiny things to go do. I would say that getting focused on something that you are you want to do or getting confident about, stay focused on that one thing until you not necessarily have mastered it, but have done a really, really good job and then look to grow the next portion. And the reason I say that is because when I was just starting as an agent, I said yes to every opportunity because I wanted to learn and get a a stream of paychecks coming in. And it really spread me thin, but it also set me up to do the things that I am today. So staying focused on a few things opposed to trying to, you know, buy mobile home parks, self-storage, investing in oil, buying timber. Don't try to learn everything. Yeah, I know. When they say when you're trying to catch 10 things at once, you're not going to catch anything at all. So just focus on the one or two that can really help the needle moving. And then you can focus on the other things as you continue to grow. Exactly. So Ben, what is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing? Taking action. Like I said, as you get started, keep things really simple. Spend a lot of time figuring out the criteria and the reason why you want to invest. And if you know you want to buy three houses, and I'm saying this because this was my original goal, if you want to buy three houses to eventually pay for your future kid's college, figure out exactly what you need to do and what type of returns will get you excited to do the deal. And when you find a deal, set yourself up to go do it because that's what gives you confidence. And for me, it just springboarded into what I'm doing today. And I couldn't be more excited about that. Ben, where can our listeners find out more about you and what you're doing? The best place to find me is on Instagram. My handle is Ben underscore call, K-A-L-L. Ben, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate all of your time. Absolutely. Thanks so much for the great conversation. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavis Capital. 
We'd really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.